the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The fire of your coming, the glory of your presence, will shake the earth and every heart will know. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel, Defender of Zion. Shalom. So what should our involvement be as believers in politics? Haven't I asked that question a number of times now? I believe this is such an important question, especially since this is an election year. And what are the issues and and how do we try and tackle them? Well, we need prayer first. Amen. Avinu Malkenu, our Father, our King, we love you and praise you and honor you. And Lord, you tell us to pray for those in authority over us, and so I I seek to do that daily. And Lord, I cry out to you because the world is upside down, and our politicians don't seem to even have the common sense. You don't even say we should use. We should use your sense, but they're not even up to common sense yet. So Lord, what do we do? How... Just direct us. Lord, help us not to sit on the fence. Help us not to be apathetic. Help us not to be cynical. But help us to know there's a hope in the future that you care for us and that you want to speak to us and you want to direct us. So I pray this program today would be helpful in directing us. And I ask you for just your anointing and your blessing. In the name of Yeshua, amen. Well, first of all, let me just say uh, thank you for those who are supporting us uh, with prayers, with emails, letters, and, and certainly your finances. If you'd like to give a gift, please call Karen at 813-831-5673 or even become a, a monthly partner. That would be a blessing because... Uh, you know, honestly, we don't uh, receive enough finances and we have to make up the difference uh, during the year. So whatever you can do would be great. Uh, most of you have Jewish friends. We'd love to see you bring them, uh, especially if they don't know Yeshua as their Messiah. Uh, come on Friday night or Saturday, though Saturday seems to be that family time that that I think is really great for visitors. Um, check our website. Uh, you can check the locations. We have different locations in uh, St. Pete, South Tampa, Wesley Chapel, and, and our Sp- Spanish service, too. So, you know, we're not competitive. It's Friday night, Saturday. We don't usually compete with your church. Also, Passover's coming up. We'd love to teach uh, at your church or at your Bible study, at your fellowship, demonstrate about 
Passover and and how important it is for all believers. And we really would like to strengthen your faith that way. So again, call our office, 813-831-5673. You can certainly email me your thoughts, your questions at rabbi at heartofmessiah.org. So last week we spoke about marriage and the LGBT community in relationship to the government. This week we'll look at another side of marriage and how government can affect it and why we should be involved with the government so that they can make laws that will positively affect our families. So Let's start with scripture, of course. We see the importance in the very beginning of families in Genesis 1.28. God blessed them and said to them, meaning the husband and the wife, uh, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the land and conquer it. Rule over the fish of the sea, the flying creatures of the sky, and over every animal that crawls on the land. So God's creation, the plan was for this creation of man and woman to marry and have children and for them to be the essential building block of human society in such a way that he said to both men and women to to rule over the fish and, the, and so on and every animal that crawls. So this is the basis of of our, our, our a building block, right? The husband, the wife, the children, um, essential building block. As in, you know, Genesis two twenty four, it says, "This is why a man leaves his father and his mother and clings to his wife. They become one flesh." Besa echad in Hebrew, one flesh. What a what a blessing that is. And you know, God saved. Noah from the flood, but it wasn't an individual case, right? He saved his wife, his sons, and and his uh, sons' wives. In other words, his family was saved. We see this in Genesis 6.18. When God called Abraham out of Haran, he called him and his family together. Genesis 12.4. And five, the importance of family is seen in the Ten Commandments. The fifth commandment, obviously honoring parents, is meant to show the authority of parents in the family and how they are the leaders. And and so this is a key key thought of God. And in the seventh commandment, uh, God prohibits adultery, protects which protects the sanctity of marriage. And, oh, wow, I wish people, both believers and non-believers, would get get along with that commandment, don't you? <laughs> I mean, really. But the New Testament has many of the same concepts about the family. Yeshua speaks of the sanctity of marriage, saying that God hates divorce in Matthew 19. Paul speaks about obeying your parents, and, and parents don't provoke your children in Ephesians 6, 1 through 4, and Colossians 3, 20 and 21. Now, in 1 Corinthians 7, there's so much advice about marriage, including that the unbelieving spouse is sanctified through the believing spouse, 
So that means they should stay together because there's hope for the unbelieving spouse to change, which would reconcile the marriage. I'd like to read a portion of that scripture just to reiterate how strongly God feels about this. But to the rest I say, I'm starting in verse 12, by the way, of 1 Corinthians 7. Uh, But to the rest I say, I, not the Lord, if any brother has a wife who is not a believer and she agrees to live with him, he must not divorce her. And if any woman has a husband who is not a believer and he agrees to live with her, she must not divorce him. For the understanding husband is made holy through the wife, and the unbelieving wife is made holy through her husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they are holy. Now, just stop right there for a second. I have more to read from that, but... Do you realize the children are considered clean even by the the holiness of one of the parents being believers makes the entire family holy? And so we we see the importance of the family staying together. We see the importance of the kids growing up with with parents. Let me continue. But in in verse 15, but if the unbeliever separates, let him be separated. The brother or the sister is not bound in such cases, but God has called you to peace. For how do you know, wife, whether you will save your husband? Or how do you know, husband, whether you will save your wife? But I believe in the Lord, there's always hope. There's always hope. And, and so... Yeah, there, God will say, okay, if, if, you, if you need to be separated, separate, but it's not my, my best. It's not my first desire. And you can see this manipula, manip, manipulous, well, let's start that again. You can see this meticulous instruction is meant to keep the family together. It says it's even better for the children. I say, uh, I realize some parents say that that the children suffer when they hear their parents fighting. And I I certainly can agree um, with that. I've experienced when my parents fought and, and it was tough. But I also believe that scripture would back me up and say that it's better for the children even in that situation, if the parents stay together and keep the family structure in place, there is, I'm going to give you an opinion and I want you to consider this. Think about this because obviously it's an opinion based on what I see in scripture and what I see in the world, in our culture. Okay. Liberalism often puts most important how people feel, right? This seems to be the basis of their arguments on the political left, that it's feelings what ma- is what matters. So whether it's abortion or whether it's gender issues or whatever it is, it's feelings. Now, if families operate on we will follow feelings, more than God and his word, 
we are teaching our children to be liberal and on the left. This is why it seems to take a lifetime before people realize that following God's word will put you in a more political conservative area. So that that's my opinion. I, I really believe that children actually in today's world are being taught by their family, whether intentional or unintentional, to be liberal because everything is by feelings rather than by rules. Conservatives are into rules, for better or for worse, not always great, but but when you go by feelings, you're teaching liberalism. Think about that. My brother and I had this conversation a few years ago. He had a more European upbringing than I did, and so he felt that socialism was more fair for the people, as many Jewish Europeans that come to the United States, they also feel this is why Jewish people, one of the reasons why Jewish people are on the left. But at age 85, he switched from being a liberal to being a conservative. And yes, people on the conservative side have many failings, both in themselves personally and in their understanding of policies. But as we put ourselves under God and his word, we should be headed in the right direction. You see where I'm going with this? I, I, I want you to think about this. This is a really important issue when we're talking about families. Now, we come to the concept that the husband is the head of the household. People who are believers and non-believers in particular can be very critical of this concept. And they make fun of us nonstop about, oh, well, your wives should just be barefoot and pregnant and, and men should rule over them, right? Okay, uh, it's a little severe, but uh, I've heard it a number of times. However, if they understood the scriptures and God's plan, they would see the true meaning and the beauty and the importance of the concept of the husband husband being the head of the household. Now, much of the thought from this idea of the husband being the head comes from Ephesians 5. So let's start with verse 21, and we'll talk about it. Also, and also submit yourselves to one another out of reverence for Messiah, wives to your own husbands as to the Lord. Okay, so here we are seeing that the wives are, besides being submitted to each other, the wife should be submitted to the husband as to God. That, that's a pretty severe statement. And, and so, women, ask yourself, is this a truth in, in your life? Let's continue, because it gets better. For the husband is head of the wife, as Messiah also is head of his community, himself the savior of the body. 
But as Messiah's community is submitted to Messiah, so also the wives to their husbands in everything. So, wow, that that sounds pretty severe, right? But you know what, women? Here's my thought. You have it easy. The harder part comes to the, the man because he is head of the household. So listen as we continue the scripture. Because if you stop there with the scripture, you rightly maybe would raise eyebrows and ask God, is that fair? But if we really go forward in this chapter, we realize that both the husband and wife have a great responsibility to each other. But the husband, being the head of the household, he goes first in developing this right relationship. So listen now to verse 25. Husbands, love your wives just as Messiah also loved his community and gave himself up for her to make her holy, being cleansed by immersion in the word. Now, uh, wow, husbands love like Messiah did? He gave his life. He gave his life. So at the very least, we should be giving our life emotionally to our wives, right? We should be able to make uh, all sorts of, of decisions based on loving her like Yeshua loves the body of believers. And let's continue in verse 27. Messiah did this so that he might present to himself his glorious community, not having stain or wrinkle or any such thing, but in order that she might be holy and blameless. Now, this is really, this makes the connection to marriage is is so good here because Messiah did this to present to himself his glorious community. Are we a glorious community? No, we're not a glorious community, but Yeshua is making us in this statement a glorious community. God is is, is presenting us as a glory. I mean, Yeshua is presenting us as a glorious community, not having stain or wrinkle. So just as the Messiah, the the body of believers are not. Um, great, you know, we're not, we're not, we don't do things as well as we should. Wives don't do it either, but you are to present your wife without stain or wrinkle and, and you should present her holy and blameless. Whoa. What do you think the kids would think about that one? <laughs> in the same way, as, in verse 28, in the same way, husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Wow. God first gives the responsibility of a right relationship to the man, the husband. If he is head of the household, he sets the tone which allows for everything else to flow from his behavior. He is to love his wife the way Messiah loved his community, meaning that his sacrifice of love is the cleansing of his wife 
presenting her without stain or, or wrinkle, with you know, in holiness. Because the husband is obedient to God's word. The sacrifice of love causes the husband to love so strongly that he presents his wife that way. He presents his wife, as I said, having no stain or wrinkle, holy and blameless. If we as men can do that, a much greater effort than what our wives have to do, then our wives should not object to submitting to a husband who can do those things. Wouldn't you agree? Okay. Oh, my. Time is fleeting here. So let's look at the government and the family. And we'll, I'm sure we're going to have to con- continue this next week. Government's job should encourage married couples, one man and one woman, to bear and raise children. So legislation that affects the family should be an encouragement to one man, one woman, bearing and raising children. And that would hit a number of different laws in a number of different ways. A second thing that I believe is that parents have the main responsibility in training and educating their children. Now, this obviously has become a issue in our world today. And uh, you know what? I'm going to save this for next week. But what I would like to do is, before we go, I'd like to read this message I found. It's a portion of a message from Ronald Reagan. So, it, it, I, you know, at the end of each program, I, I like to read a former president. So here it is. This is from uh, August 1st, 1983. It is not good enough to have equal as- access to our law. We must also have equal access to the higher law, the law of God. George Washington warned that morality could not prevail in exclusion of religious principles. And Jefferson asked, can the liberties of a nation be thought secure when we've removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of people that these liberties are gifts of God? We must preserve the noble promise of the American dream for every man, woman, and child in this land. And make no mistake, we can preserve it and we will. That promise was not created by America. It was given to America as a gift from a loving God, a gift proudly recognized by the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, and the Bill of Rights. The explicit promise of the Declaration that we're endowed by our Creator with certain inalienable rights was meant for all of us. It wasn't meant to be limited or perverted by special privilege or by double standards. Trusting in God and helping one another, we can and will preserve the dream of America, the last best hope of man on earth. Boy, I just, what can I say to that except 
Amen and amen. And let's, let, let's go to prayer on that. Lord, I pray that as Ronald Reagan said, that America was the last best hope of man on earth. I know that what he was referring to is that you are here within America. And when that changes, we lose the best hope. And so, Father, I ask in the name of Yeshua that we would understand our responsibility to make America great again or be the best hope again, however you want to look at it. But, Lord, help us as believers to stand up and really do this for you, Lord. So, Father, I pray that all those who are listening will grow in their desire to have a heart like the heart of Messiah, and I pray this in the name of Yeshua. Amen. You are Messiah, Yeshua HaMashiach, Lion of Judah, the God of Israel. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.